Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. We had been discussing chapter 8. Now, obviously, after the seventh chapter of knowledge and wisdom, Arjuna grasped a lot, but he wanted to make sure that he understood. And now he wants to say it's like a refresher. Let's recap what we have done so far. He said, well, let me make sure that I understood all these terms which came in the previous dialogue, previous discussion. We have heard about the Brahman, Adibhutam, Adidaivam, Adhyatma, Karma. He said, well, let's recap. Let's make me understand that I understood it all correctly. Give me one more time the definition of all the terms which we have discussed. So that's where the chapter starts with Arjuna's question of defining these terms one more time for clarity. So the verse third started with Bhagavan's answer. And that gives us, again for us basically, a recap of what we have discussed. And verse 3 says, Aksharam Brahma Paramam. We talked about the perishable and imperishable. And it says the Brahman is the imperishable. When we refer to Brahma, and I think we always have a little confusion about the various terms related to this. Say Brahma, Brahman, you know, Brahmin. He said, don't get confused. Brahman is the imperishable. Brahma is the creator. Brahman with his power of Maya becomes Brahma. Brahmin is one who revels in Brahman is Brahmin. Brahman is the imperishable. So Brahman, Aksharam Brahma Paramam. Brahman is imperishable. Swabhavo Adhyatma Uchyate. And his nature is revealed through the indweller in this body. Self-knowledge is Adhyatma. That's why you know, we say, what are you doing on Sunday morning? Well, we are in Adhyatmic study. Rest of the studies are secular, but on Sunday I'm doing Adhyatmic study. Something about myself, something pertaining to myself, the nature of the self is to know his own self. My nature of myself is, I may not know anything about anything in this world, but I know about myself. That the very nature of the self, the primary nature of the self is, it's imperishable. It's Brahman, it's Bruhad, as we say. That which is the big, that which pervades everywhere, that which is beyond my capacity to perceive what big is. Right now, my idea of big is compared to something. When I was in high school, there used to be one riddle or a joke. You draw a line on, the, on a paper and say, make this line shorter without erasing it. Everybody says, how can I do that? Well, I fold the paper, do that. I will the answer is simple, right? Everybody knows the answer. What is the answer? Draw a longer line. You know? And you made the line shorter. 
So our idea of longer or shorter is in relationship to something. Brahman is beyond that. Brahman is not big because it is bigger than. It is big because it is big. It is the big. So I said that Brahman who is imperishable, its very nature is to know itself or himself or herself. Now at my level, where do I fit in? I know myself. Neil, I think you're not doing this. And I think my wife tells me all the time who I am. And I said, no, no, I know myself. No matter what you tell me I am, I know myself. Bhagavan says that is the very nature of the self is to know. Swabhavo adhyatma uchchade. Its very nature is to know itself. So now I can make a connection. If his nature is to know itself and I know myself, what's my connection to him? And the creative nature of the self which creates these things and beings is called karma, the actions. We obviously hear this word karma in different connotations and particularly we're living in America. We, or anglicized was our karma, it's your karma. The karma, it says, the karma is performed when a product is created. The very nature of the self is to have a creative urge to create. That's why if there is somebody who knows something, and if you don't allow him to do that, that's the most miserable thing you can do for him. A singer, you don't let him sing. A dancer, you don't let him or her dance. Architect, don't let him design anything. Engineer, don't let him do any engineering work. Because at the very nature of the self is the creative urge to create. It's when bhuta bhava udbhavakara, when that urge translates into a creation, that action is called karma. So who created this? Why Bhagwan created all these songs about dunya banane wale kya tune dunya banane? Why did you do that? Bhagwan said it's the very nature of the self. Because I can feel at the micro level at my own self. If I, I have an urge to do something, I need to do it. You know, I need to find a platform. That's why if this company doesn't let me do this, I'm going to leave and go to another company. If this organization doesn't allow me to do that, I'll leave this organization and go someplace else. That's the very nature of the self is that creative urge. You know. To create things, therefore, create things and beings is called karma. Then we continue and say, Adibhutam Sharobhavaha. We understood the imperishable part. Imperishable, whose nature is to know, and his nature is to create, created these things and beings out of his creative urge. And now we come down to the level of prakriti. The world which I now we know, imperishably there, his nature is to know and create, and now the world is created. Now the world which I, you and I can relate to, adhibhutam sharobhava. So the world which you and I know is made up of things and beings. That's all it is. Either what I see and perceive is a thing or a being. With sentient, I call it being, even non-sentient, I call it a thing. But that's my world. 
And so what is the nature of that? Sharabhava. Of a perishable nature. That which has a beginning and an end. As we call it, it has a shelf life. It has a shelf life. It may be good for up to March 21st, but after that is no good. <laughs> it's going to perish. It starts at one point. Its creation and its destruction is guaranteed the day it was created. Because it's the nature of its finite, not infinite, not imperishable. Anything that I can see, perceive, feel, touch is adhibhutam. And therefore its very nature is perishable, Bhagavan said. Purusascha adhidaivatam. But what is the support of all this changes in this adhibhutam? It's a purusha. That which remains constant, which illumines this, with the world of things and being, is the purusha. In me, we know this body is perishable. No matter what somebody convinces me that knew all this theory about the last two weeks before the time about singularity, then maybe by 2045 we'll reach immortality. You can scan your consciousness, it says, you know, and put it into a computer. And after that, you can be there all the time. Bhagavan says, that which illumines this thought, that I can be mortal, is the Purusha. Purusha is the illuminer of all my thoughts, all my knowledge about this Adhibhutam. I'm aware of my world, not because of this body, we know that. Because it, once this life is gone, this body cannot perceive, feel, or think anything. As long as I'm alive, I'm aware of myself as well as the world. He said that awareer in this non-sentient body is the Purusha. Bhuta is perishable. What makes it aware of itself is the Purusha. And he said, that's Adi Daivam. That's the divine part of my being in this world of things and beings. That's why he said, that which makes my eye to see is the Deva of my eyes. That which makes my ear to hear is the Deva of my ear. And say, Adi Yagno Aham Eva Atra Dehe Deha Brutam Vara. All these experiences I have because I am embodied one. I that I consider I, even though I know is irrelevant to this body, because when I was a child it had a different body, still it was I. When I was a young man it was a different body, still it was I. Old man is still this I. So that's why I'm embodied in Deha Bhutam. I'm consider myself to be associated with or trapped in this body. I am in the in the in the Deha Bhutam. Adiyagno aham evatre dehe. In this body, for all the embodied ones, I am the enjoyer of this transaction. Adiyagna. Adiyagna. Yagna is, in a Vedic ritual, is an act of sacrificing something into the fire. 
So there is a transaction taking place between the offerer and the receiver. Receiver in the yagna is the deity of the yagna. Therefore, when you do the idam namama, idam namama, this is not for me, this is not for me, that means I'm offering to you, for you, not me. He said, that transaction which is taking place in this world of all these objects are offering into my perception. Who is that, that I that is enjoying? Bhagavan said, that's always me. Diyagno aham eva atra dehe devrutam vara. I am the perceiver and enjoyer of all the sacrifices the world is making into my sense perceptions in all the embodied ones. So I think that I am the enjoyer, which is very different than he is the enjoyer and she is the enjoyer. And Bhagavan said, no, I alone is the enjoyer. I is the self. In dwelling in all these bodies, experience this. So I as the Nilkant but may be suffering, but I as you may be enjoying. But that I remains constant. And therefore I am the therefore Mr. Bhagwan is so you know if he's so compassionate, why he's giving the pain? If he's so compassionate, why he made him rich and me poor? Bhagwan says it's all me. I am the rich one and I am the poorer one. I am the one who is suffering and I am the one who is inflicting the suffering. It's all me. Wherever there is an embodied one and whatever the experiences is going through, I am the receiver of all the experiences. The next verse is Antakale Chamameva Smaran Muktva Kalevaram Yah Prayati Samadbhavam Yati Na Asti Atra Sansayaha. Once we understood that the self is one imperishable one, its very nature is to know itself through this embodied one. It is experiencing all the experiences that are out there in this world. He is the enjoyer and the filler. Then why am I suffering? And why can, how can I get out of this suffering? If I am the inflictor of my pain and I am the sufferer of my pain, who can relieve me from this pain? He says, I myself. As long as I stop inflicting pain on me. When will I stop inflicting pain on me? When I realize that I am the one who is inflicting pain on me. Now, that understanding only comes when I synchronize the two. The inflictor of the pain and the sufferer of the pain. Till that time, I think I am kicking somebody else. All the time. I remember we were in, we were in Zambia. And Zambia used to be fairly, in those times, Lusaka, not very very safe place. House break-ins and all that were pretty common. So whenever we get together, the common topic would be, whose house got broken into last night or last week? That was the big topic of discussion in every uh, weekend parties we have. 
We were sitting around in one party and we had this discussion going on. And then we saw some flashlights, you know, flashing back and forth. So one of the guys who said, well, you know, you know, somebody's house is getting broken into right now. Look at this. Are those things happening? They said, I think it's somebody signaling somebody. Somebody's breaking into the house. And we say, yeah, poor guy, who that is and whatever. But obviously, we were not courageous enough to go and call police. Those days, awareness wasn't there. So obviously, the party was over by about 1 o'clock at midnight or so. After all the Mukesh songs were sung and all that, we went home. Next day, we figured out whose house was broken into. Our hostess house. The house we were in, and we were having the party, was broken into. But as long as we didn't know, we were all enjoying, including our host was enjoying. <laughs> it's only when he went inside, after about 2 o'clock the party, he realized that all his bedroom, all this thing was wiped out, you know. So as long as I don't know that somebody else is suffering, I'm fine. Once I come to understand it is me I'm inflicting pain on, the pain will stop because this, the infliction will stop. Bhagavan says, then therefore, when I end this life, if I remember that the cause of my sorrows were because of my identification with this limited being called Jiva, this being I considered me, this body, this mind, this intellect. And if I want to get out of this pain, I need to identify with the Supreme Self and then become that. And then all my sorrows and pain will die. So therefore it says, Antakale chamameva smaran maktva kalevaram ya prayati samadbhavam yati na asti atra sansayaha. I came to the conclusion that if Bhagwan is the, is the creator and destroyer of things and beings, he is dwelling in everyone, he is in control of this maya, he is not suffering. He is enjoying this leela. It is his very nature to create this world of things and beings and then indwell in them and enjoy this play. But he is enjoying because he is in control of this maya. I am suffering because I am under the spell of this maya. A magician who is doing magic, he is never confused. He is enjoying the act. I am all curious and say, what's happening? How did he do it? What happened to that woman who got cut into two pieces? Because I am under the spell of his maya. He is the maya pati. I am actually under the spell of Maya. So Bhagwan is the Maya Pati. He creates this world and it has all these colors of happiness and sorrow. And he is enjoying both. Whereas I am only enjoying the one which I think is conducive to me. The other I consider to be the pain. So he said to get out of that, I need to leave this identification behind. Therefore I said, Antakal, at the end of this journey, in this state of existence as this being, if I leave this body, remembering him, Mameva Smaran Muktva, and whosoever living this body, remembering me alone at the time of his death, he attains my being. See, normally we say he gets moksha, he gets liberated. He says, it comes to me, being becoming me. Because there is nothing else to become 
when you stop becoming this, a water in the wave, when it dies, it has nowhere else to go but to become water again. As long as it drops its identification as the wave. My problem right now is I can't let go my identification with this body. Therefore, I keep making it as good as I can. Color my hair, fix my teeth with all those crowns and whatever, because I want to keep it as good as I thought it should be. Once I drop this identification, it's all gone. I have nothing to do with it. I used to have a VW Beetle car in Nairobi. Used to give me a lot of trouble. Even though everybody say VW is the most reliable car, mine was the most troublesome car. And I had to take it to the garage almost every other week. And at one point, I could sell it. And about the next week, somebody came and said, Neil, I saw your car on the highway there. It was lying on the side, you know. Did you leave it there? I said, what car? I said, that VW Beetle you, you have? I said, I don't have that anymore. I sold it. It's not my car. I don't know who left it there. I had nothing to do with the car lying on the roadside because it's not my car anymore. I was not worried, troubled, nothing. I was actually happy that I thank God I sold it last <laughs> week. I probably would have been you know, worrying about going to the garage right now. But one said my identification with the, this body is just like that VW Beetle car I had, you know. At some point, I said, I had it enough. I can't repair it anymore. I need to move on to the next thing. And they say, moving on to the next thing, you really don't want to make the same mistake again, which you thought you made a mistake of being a limited being. So you say, therefore, go to the one which you think has the control of this maya. That's me. You come and become me again. They say, whoever lived this body at the time of the death, remembering me, shall become me. It's as simple as the Bhagavan said. Now, this seems pretty abstract and undefined. But as Swamiji says, if you really think about how you live your life, then it will make perfect sense. How did I come here? When I left my house, what was my last thought? I need to reach within center as quickly as possible because people will be here, we are running late. I had no other thought but to come here. Therefore, I came here. If my thought was split into, well, should I go to you know, Shaco Bottom right now or come to within center, I wouldn't decide where to go. But the time my thought was very clear, and that thought didn't really occur just at 9.35. It was already planted in my mind since yesterday. Well, let's, you know, let's leave this party early because we have a class tomorrow. And right about like 9.35, I need to leave my house so I can be here at least 10 minutes before everybody else. This thought has been churning in my mind. And this has been going on since all the time I had been doing Bhagavad Gita. So I know every Sunday morning there's nothing new you can think of. A lot of people come to me and say, you know, Neil, we, we really want to come to your class, but we have a lot of conflict. I say the one good thing about me, I never had a conflict with Gita class. I had conflict with everything else, but not with Gita class. You know. 
always every Sunday. Obviously, there are few weekends. But because that's something ingrained in my system that I have to do this on Sunday morning, I won't schedule anything on Sunday morning. Bhagavan said, the same way, if you continue to focus your mind in intellect all throughout life, that this life under the spell of Maya is not really what I really want. What I really want is unbroken, infinite happiness. I came to the conclusion I can only have that if I become the lord of this universe. Because as long as there is a competition out there, someday they will win over me. So I want to be without any competition. I want to be the lord of this universe. The lord of this universe is the imperishable self. Its very nature is to know and myself's nature is to know. We must be one and the same. I must become one with that self versus becoming one with this self that I am right now. That thought, if it is so strong in your mind, Bhagavan said, the time of your death, that will be only thought you will have. And he said, therefore you will come to become me. And he said, there is no doubt about that. As Swamiji says that in the Vedic tradition, you can make an make a statement and not back it up with a solid argument. However, this one statement is not easy to substantiate simply because there is no one that you and I will ever know who will come back and vouch for it after his or her death. You will not come back and say, Neil, I now realize after I died that what you were saying is all correct. Not going to happen. Because death is a hypothetical event in our life, so is the birth. Nobody has any experience of birth. I can say, you know, boy, what, what a you know, dreadful day that was. My mom was crying. I have no experience of my birth. Neither will I have any experience of my death and come back to tell people. Therefore, he said, just trust me. When, when you have a higher persona and you go to him, if that, my teacher cannot tell me to a level where I can understand, he says, Neil, I'm telling you, a time comes, you will understand it. But right now, you trust me. So Bhagavan says, Na asti atra sansaya. There is no doubt that if you leave this body, remembering me, you will become me. Guaranteed. And the last verse say, Yam yam vapi smaram bhavam tejatyante kalevaram tam tameva eti kaunteya sada tadbhava bhavitaha. Whosoever at the end leaves the body thinking of any being, to that being only he goes. O kaunteya, because of his constant thought of that being. Now coming back to a level of understanding which you and I can at least relate and say so okay, if I think about the Bhagwan at the end of my life, I'll become that now obviously we had a long argument about what that really means the last time they, you know, Ram Nam Satya Hai but that dead body can't listen so for whom are we doing it? 
the people who are carrying that dead body. We are not doing it for the one who has parted. We are telling the others who are carrying the body, say, my friend, you are seeing right here. He is gone without taking anything. All his stock portfolio is still in wherever it is, but he is gone. You know? All his real estates are still where, the real, where it is real. So you remember now what it is. So it's for us actually. You know? So therefore he says, one who has thought about this infinite self all the time and wants to become one will become one. But one who has been thinking about something else, which is all of us. Everybody says, well, you know, next time if I get a chance, I really want to be a rock star. I'm a great singer, but nobody gives me a chance. Nobody appreciates my talent. So next time, when I get a chance, I really, really want to do that. One says, that's what you will become. And we know this from our experiences. The children who are born, you know, in completely different environment, but they have an extremely talented outlook on something else. And suddenly we say, well, their, their father and mother don't look like they have any idea about this. But I don't know why this child is so talented in such and such. But once he carried those vasanas and tendencies from his previous life all this time. My friend's grandfather, Dadaji was at that time was about 85, 88 something. And he used to be in a, in a, very much into classical music, but he never got a chance to perform anywhere. But we all encourage Dadaji in Afa. And he obviously his voice is already gone. And he used to tell me, literally, next time I'm going to come back, just like Bhimsan Joshi. He said. <laughs> so Dadaji has so strong a desire to be another Bhimsan Joshi, you know, because he thought he had the capabilities, but could not make it this time. I'm sure Dadaji will be somewhere, he died after a few years. So, it is the strong desire for us to achieve something that you will achieve. We know all in our life, to get something you have that strong desire to achieve it. When I was in, in India, when I was in college, the scooters used to be so difficult to buy because, you know, the long queue in the manufacturing and then you're, uh, one of my friends, was really dying to get a scooter. He did everything, influenced this, influenced that, and got the you know, foreign exchange and all of that, and he finally got the scooter. Once he got a scooter, he came to me and said, Neil, if I had asked, I, mean, I, I had made this much effort to get Bhagwan, I would have got Bhagwan. You know? <laughs> it took me that much effort to get the scooters. You know? <laughs> but that strong burning desire in your belly, which, achieve, which makes you achieve what you have, that burning desire to achieve. We all have discussed this, that the final champion in, in whatever you know, the tournament is, or in Olympics, is always last few left, three or four, are pretty close to each other. They, each one has probably the same capabilities. Who wins? One who has the fire burning in his or her belly, the, the brightest. That's the one who's going to make it. He's going to make an extra effort to win that one. They say, one, whatever the desire you have all your life to become, all that will come together at the time of your death, and you will remember that, and that's where you're going. It's not really a coincidence or a punishment or anything. It's just that's what you wanted. 
That's what you wanted all your life. Last thing you'll think about is what you're you're looking for. And therefore, that's what you will book him. Bhagavan is so compassionate. He will give you exactly what you want. In the end, what do we do with our children? We may say, no, no, you should do this, you should do this. In the end, he says, if that's what you want to do, go ahead and do that. Yamyam vapi smaran bhavam tijantam te kalevaram tamtam eveti kaunteya sadatat bhava bhavita At all times, Whoever leaves this body with thinking about whoever, such a person, that he person will go. So, it is not that Bhagwan is judgmental. It is not that Bhagwan is punishing you. It is not that Bhagwan has a plan that you should now do this because you did this. It is you who is writing your destiny. And at the time of death, as we say, death is nothing but a one event in your existence. It's like another stopover from, from here. If I'm going to Mumbai and they stop over in Frankfurt, they're just a stopover. That's not my destination. Death is not my destination. It's a stopover. From there, I'm going to go wherever, whatever I planned. So we want to plan your journey now. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Makaschit Dukkha Bhagbave Om Shantihi 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 Harihi Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Hiyo